Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. That was my intro. So here is, here is the first point. Now, now I want you to see this. I want to do the first point because I want to say something to you. In every commissioning, everybody say commissioning. Uh, when, when I say commissioning, it means sending, okay? Now, is it possible to have this on? I don't have it. Okay, there it is. Whenever God commissions us or gives us a task to do for anything, he empowers us for that task or command, watch this, so that we could accomplish what he commissioned us to do. So in other words, what does that mean? I know that's a little long. Nothing, no commissioning or no sending is done by the Lord without first a backing up of his power for the commissioning. Now, I'm going to share this with you because this to me, even though I've known this, I realize that it's not just you have to believe by faith. He actually backs up every commissioning with the authority and power of the believer. So watch this. Why? So that we could be successful. Because without his backing, we could be commissioned and we will, be able, we will, we will sink. Now, this is amazing to me because it, let's first see Matthew chapter 28 and the NLT. Are you ready? Are you ready for me? Matthew 28, verse 18, verse 20. Look at what Jesus said. For, now, now, I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to read another scripture that gives you a, 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 a deeper understanding of every time God says go, he doesn't say go without backing you up with his authority and his power. I have news for you. If, if God has spoken in your heart to do anything, he will never allow you to do anything just on your good desire or goodwill without his backing, if it's truly from the Lord. Do you know, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe that when Peter walked on water, it was because he, he heard, is it me or is it you? And the Lord said, it's me, come. I believe he would have said, boys, step out the way here. I'm going to step out in water. I believe it was, if it wasn't the Lord, all that faith in the world would still would have called him to sink. But it was that one key when he heard, is this me or is this you? And Jesus said, look, this is the, the, the PG version. Look, Peter, you, you, you put your foot in your mouth a lot, but this time it's me. Listen, when it's me, guess what you have to do? He backs you up with the ability. Now watch. Look what Matthew 28 says in the Great Commissioning. Jesus came and told his disciples, right? I have been given. Now, this, now I want you to, I've, heard, I've read this a million times just like you, but I want you to see this in a new light. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Now watch this. Watch this. Therefore, go. I want you, I, I want you to, this to sink in. I used to read this really fast. He first says, okay, do you want to know how you are backed up in your sending? First, I'm going to tell you all authority has been given to me. It's like, it's like it doesn't almost make sense, but watch, I'm going to get deeper. All authority in heaven has been given unto me on heaven and on the earth. Therefore, go. Wait, so it's not too specific, right? But what he's basically saying is like, if I, if I would say this, all of the vehicles on the earth has been given to my power. Go to California. Now, it's not implied, uh, sorry, it's not spe specified that you could, uh, that I'm giving you a Mercedes-Benz. It's not specified that I'm giving you a uh, BMW, but it's implied that if I own all the cars and I'm telling you, you have permission to go to California, that you have access to any of those cars. If I tell you I have all the cars in the earth, therefore, go to California, you're not going to say, where am I going to find a car? Where am I going to find? He, you know, you're going to say, my daddy or my, my boss or my father, whoever you want to call it in this uh, example, owns all the cars. 
he doesn't have to give me, tell me I need to use a Mercedes-Benz. I could choose anyway. But the, the, the thing that you have to realize is eventually I'm going to get there with one kind of vehicle or the other. When Jesus says, all authority has been given to me, watch this, that is the empowerment. He goes, therefore, go. Now, it's almost a foreshadow of saying, okay, there's the commissioning. Now, here's the affirmation for the commissioning. Now, if you go a little further, in John chapter 20, he actually asks, well, I've, I've, I've read this millions of times, but th- I saw something in a new light. Everybody say, commissioning comes first. Empowerment comes after so that you could be successful. Now watch. Look at John 20. He's, Jesus is resurrected, right? He's still on the earth. In verse 19 through 22. Look at this. Then, are you there? Say amen. Then the evening came, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were uh, assembled for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said, peace be to you. So imagine that scene. Imagine while I'm, I'm preaching right now and we're all, or, or we're all in prayer because we're kind of huddling. Jesus just got crucified and through these, through these um, wood, wooden panels, Jesus comes in and says, peace to you. That's what was happening. That's what, that what was happening. He just resurrected, all right? He get, went on the cross, he resurrected. They're in this room. Jesus comes through and says, peace be to you. When he had said this, he showed them their hands. Watch this. Oh, I love this. Then his disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, now watch this. Peace to you. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? This is prophetic for you. I want you to put your, uh, your name prophetically in this. Jesus says, as the Father has sent me... Listen, I send you. Look, don't read the next verse. Don't, don't read the next verse. As the Father has sent me, I, Jesus, am sending you. Now, if he would have just said that alone, it would have left us up to figure it out. Can you imagine if Jesus said, look, as, I, as the Father sent me, I send you, and didn't say anything else. You would have been like, okay, so how? I got the what. Now, where's the how? How do I do this on my own? How do I do this? Watch this. Every commissioning comes a tangible empowerment of the authority for the believer. Listen, as the Father has sent me, he could have stopped right there. I sent you. And you, you could have been like, okay, I have to figure it out. Thank God God didn't say figure it out. Watch what he said after the commissioning. Right after the commissioning. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Look at this. Look at the next verse. And when he had said this, the commissioning, here comes the empowerment. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Do you see this? I used to preach this all the time, but I never saw the timing. It was the commissioning first, then the empowerment. It was, here's the commission. Here's the sending. I, as the Father has sent me, I sent you, but I'm not going to leave you like this. <sighs> Receive the Holy Spirit so you could do what I just commissioned you to do. Are you seeing this? He will never allow you to do something Without his power, his presence involved. That's why Moses got it right. He showed me your glory. Show me your glory. You're going to go. He goes, unless you're with me, I'm not going to go. He go. And then God goes, my presence will go with you. Oh, you want to continue? Because in that, in that same verse, in Matthew, he says, behold, I'm with you always. Now, now watch this. Every commissioning or, or assignment from the Lord for you. If you don't know that you already have the backing from heaven by, by not what's written in the scriptures and also for your assignment, you will be miserable. 
Everything that God has called you and I to do, even in this word, even if it's not the voice of the Lord you're hearing for it, you already have what it takes to do it. That is the key. That's why Jesus said, don't believe people when they say, Jesus is here, Jesus is there. He said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. You have to realize that this is part of the authority of the believer, is that when you, okay, I'm going to say this. How many times have you ever heard, I feel called to do something, but I don't know if I could do it? That's the problem. You can't do it. But the answer has already been provided for you. You just don't know. He's already said, receive the Holy Spirit. Every person in here that is a Christian and born again and received the Holy Spirit, everything that you need to fulfill your calling is already inside of you. You just have to grow into it. Thank you for that. Now watch this. Put that slide up. God will never send his people out to do anything without first equipping and backing his people up with the reality of his authority and his power. Now, does it mean you have to feel goosebumps? It doesn't mean, mean that you have to feel. It just means that you know that it's written in Scripture that God's authority is already being given to you. God's empowerment. To some of you, it may not be a, a spiritual ministry like we see. To some of you, it may be doctors. To some of you, God is calling you to be a lawyer. So some God is calling you to be whatever it is, and God will still empower you. But even for that specific task, that's, that, that's a special assignment that he empowers you for that. But even without that, Every believer has an authority. Now, this is important because Jesus could have left the people to just figure it out. Over and over and over again, there's first a commissioning and then there's an empowering. Always a commissioning, always an empowering. Are you following me? What's the famous scripture in Acts chapter 1? Behold, you will be endured with power, right? Then it says, you shall have power. Okay, so that's the, that's, that's, the, that's the what, right? You shall have power. Here's the, here's the, here's the uh, authority and here's the backing. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Do you hear that? It didn't say you're just going to have power. Well, what kind of power is that? Well, I don't know, just some kind of power. Outer space power, uh, Samson power, extra strength power. No, he said you will have power, one. Part two, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then it says, and then when the Holy Spirit comes on you, that's when you have power. So it's commissioning and power and authority, right? And then he says, once those two things are in your reality in your life, you will be effective witnesses to me, Judea, Jerusalem, and all, throughout the, all the, the realms of the world. In other words, the purpose of the, uh, to walk in the authority and power is released in two areas. It's released in the, in the Holy Spirit and released in your ability to witness. Do you want to know why you and I have need to know the authority of every believer? Because the authority of every believer is a lot, but it could be summed up with two things. Put that slide up there. The authority and power is given to every person, to every believer. It's manifested by this. Number one, by the person of the Holy Spirit. Say, person of the Holy Spirit. So in other words, every believer in Christ that has been born again, has repented of their sins, and asked Jesus in their life, the Bible says what happens to you is the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, okay? And so the manifestation of the authority comes in the person of the Holy Spirit, but watch this. One of the realms of authority that you and I will walk in that separates us from just someone that doesn't know the Lord is the second point here. Is the purpose for this authority is not just so you can rule people and you can be mean to people. Is Watch this. So the ability to be effective witnesses to everyone on the whole earth. 
Do you know the reason that the Holy Spirit came was not just to fill them with boldness? It says, you shall receive power. Many care, oh yeah, I get to do miracles in front of people. I get to see people come out of wheelchairs or I get to see people. God's like, yeah, that, that's good. That's a, that's a type of power. But the type of power that's going to come on you is so that you could have the Holy Spirit on you and that you could be effective witnesses to the world. What separates the world from the Christian is the, is the person of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Because we are the salt of the earth and we're the light of the world. Can I hear an amen? And so, so I want to share, that I, I did this fast because in the next 15 to 20 minutes, I want to break down the, the, the scripture in Colossians, okay? Really quick. I'm going to give you eight keys that I found in Colossians. And these keys are actually not um, revelatory as far as uh, kind of uh, thinking these things. These eight keys are going to be word for word scriptures, how we're going to read them. And we're going to break these things down that in the book of Colossians, Paul the apostle actually prayed something that would happen to every believer. And I believe it's a manifestation and clue of the authority of every believer. Are you ready for this? Look at Colossians. I'm going to try to be quick because this, is, this was really the meat, the meat of my message is Colossians here. All right? Colossians 1, 9 through 14. This is so powerful. I got, I got to get this out. Help me, Lord. Pause the time like you did for Joshua, please. Trick the people. Let, the, let it stay on 1157 like for the next 10 minutes in their watches. <laughs> All right. Verse 9. For this reason, listen, this is, this is the Apostle Paul. We also, since the day we heard it, did not cease to pray for you and to ask that, uh, now I want you to see, underline these, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. All right? Verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. I'm giving you a little foreshadow here, okay? I'm not going to add anything. I'm reading word for word scripture. Being fruitful in every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God. Why would Paul pray this if this is not a possibility to walk in? Right? Strengthen with all might, listen, according to his glorious power, for all patience on long suffering, watch this, with joy. I'm a, if God allows me, I'll get to that. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his son, of his love, and who we have redemption. Now watch this. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 through 14, I found verse by verse. This is going to be different because the keys and the points that you're going to see on the screen is not, usually I'll, I'll come up with a phrase and I'll do that. The points that you will, will need to contend for to walk in, and it's possible to walk in, these eight realities. Say eight realities. Eight realities of every believer walking in authority and power is found in the apostolic prayer in Colossians 1. The first one. Here's the first reality. Being filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And I put the verse up there so you know that I'm not just, I'm taking it straight, straight. The first reality that God gives every believer the opportunity or reality to walk in is that you and I have the ability to have, to know the complete knowledge of God through supernatural wisdom and understanding. What's the will of God for my life? I don't know what the will of God is for my life. I don't know what to do. I don't have an understanding. It is possible that a 
that the part of your inheritance as a believer is to fully and completely know the will of God with spiritual wisdom and understanding, not with intellect. Not with worldly intellect. With spiritual understanding, you and I, this is one of the authorities of the believer, have the ability to know the complete will of God. The perfect good, the perfect will of God. A lot of people say there's a permissive will and there's the perfect will. But through the Holy Spirit, everyone in this room has the ability to have supernatural wisdom and understanding. That is power. That is authority because we will do stupid things when we don't have wisdom. Come on, say somebody. When we have supernatural wisdom, supernatural understanding, it will actually avoid us from making foolish decisions based on how we feel in that moment. Supernatural wisdom, supernatural uh, uh, understanding anchors us to, to not make foolish rash, impulsive decisions. Oh, come on, somebody. Some of you guys need the wisdom of God because you are void of receiving correction. And you know what? Let me just throw this in for free. This is not part of my notes, but I'll throw this in for free. Correction is not a sign from the Father that he doesn't love you. It's actually a sign that he really cares for you. If you're being corrected, it's because he hasn't abandoned you yet. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, do not despise the chastening or correction of the Lord. It is painful, he says. No chastening. I've never seen a, 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 a son lean over and, and, the, and, and the dad is about to spank them for doing something wrong. saying, come on, daddy, give it to me. I love it. Ow. Oh, that feels so good. Oh, my, my butt is burning. No, it's, the Bible says it's painful for the moment. Watch this. But afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit. Peaceable fruit to all those who have been trained by it. So the first ability that you and I, sorry, reality that you and I have as the authority believer, you and I have the ability to understand the complete will of God with all spiritual understanding. Come on, say amen. That means you could fulfill the whole will of God. Not part of the will of God. That means God gave you the ability to fulfill all, say all, of the will of God through wisdom. So supernatural wisdom is part of your inheritance. Let that sink in. Supernatural wisdom and understanding is the authority for every believer. I could go on and on about that, but the church needs spiritual wisdom, not, not the worldly demonic wisdom that the Bible says in the book of James. There's intellectual wisdom that appears right before man. Then there's supernatural biblical wisdom that doesn't make sense, but at the end of the day, it will save your life. Now, the second reality of a, uh, the second reality of the authority of the believer, watch this, look at this. To walk worthy of the Lord, oh, I love this, fully pleasing to him. All this is not just a prayer. I'm taking verse by verse and breaking it down into realities of us as a believer walking in authority and power. The second reality for every believer to walk in authority and power and victory is that we have the ability to walk worthy of the Lord. Watch this. Not partially pleasing to him. Wait a minute. Do you hear what I'm saying? As mere human beings, we have the ability to be fully pleasing to God. 
That doesn't make sense in the natural because we, are, we know our weaknesses. We see our humanity. But even in our humanity and in our weakness, the Bible says that through the Holy Spirit, you and I, watch this, have the ability to be fully pleasing to God. Now watch, here's a revelation. I want you to talk back at me. At this church, you can talk back to me, okay? <laughs> don't you love it when that person says, take your time, Pastor, and the other words like, don't. So watch this. What is one of the only things in the Bible that word for word, word for word, I'm going to test you, says is one of the ways that we could fully please God no matter what? What are one of the keys? Come on, you know the Bible, some of you. What are one of the keys that, I mean, word for word says this is how you please, and that has to be words of word, please God. For without faith, it's impossible to, come on, say it. Without faith, it's impossible to. So keep that point up there, Zach. Keep point number two up there. So watch this. Without faith, it's impossible to what? Okay, for those who come to God must know that he is a rewarder for those who diligently seek him. So if Paul is praying that we have the ability to walk fully pleasing, pleasing to the Lord, that means every believer with whatever measure of faith you have, have the ability in that area to be fully pleasing to the Lord. That means whatever faith you have in the Lord, you need to grow in it, but the faith that you have is enough because all you need is a mustard seed. So watch this. If God says that for every believer, one of the authorities of believer is the ability to walk fully pleasing to him and without faith it's impossible to please God, that means if you're a believer today and you have whatever faith it is, whether it's small or great, you still have the capacity to be fully obedient to God. And fully pleasing to God. Does our faith need to grow? Absolutely, yes, it needs to grow. But I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is not just for super spiritual people. Some of you people look, look at me in here, and you look at people behind the pulpit, and you say, man, they may, have, they may have supernatural faith. No, I probably have weaker faith than some of you, but I'm willing to work with what God has given me to still be pleasing to God. Do you know in order to move a mountain, you don't need great faith? I know that sounds kind of anti-church right now. Does God want great faith? Yes. But in order to move mountains, that's not what's required. Thank God that it's not required for you to have this supernatural, gigantic faith in order to move mountains, spiritually speaking, right? He says, if you just have faith as a mustard seed. Has anybody seen a mustard seed in real life? Has anybody seen a mustard seed in real life, right? In real life? I saw it was like almost as bigger than the, the, the tip of a pin. I'm like, this? This? Is enough? Jesus said, if you have this kind of faith and you believe in my power, this kind of faith is enough to, oh God, is enough to change things in your life through prayer, all right? So it's not something unattainable that we need to do, all right? So that's number two. I'll hurry. Number three, are you getting something this morning? All right, so number three, oh, this is so good. Look at this, no, number three. The third reality that God gives in the, in the book of Colossians for us, for the believer's authority, to be fruitful in every good work. Pause and think it. Be fruitful in every good work. Not fruitful in some good work, but be fruitful in every good work. Some of you guys have a mentality like a, this is a hit and miss mentality. Well, you know what? I'm going to hit 50% good works uh, this week. And you know what? God understands. We actually have the ability as believers, as born-again believers, to be fruitful in every good work. Now, fruit or fruitfulness in the Bible speaks of success, vibrancy, life, right? Success, fruitfulness, success, vibrancy, life, 
um, healthy in the areas mostly of character, say character, and the works of the Lord. So I'm going to say that again. Whenever we hear the word fruit or fruitfulness, that means uh, success, vibrancy, health, healthy type of realities when it comes to your character or the works of the Lord, all right? It's the same principle in Daniel. You don't have to uh, turn to it. But in Daniel 11, when, uh, in the middle of this, this prophetic swirl that Daniel was having about the end times, he said, he said those, I'm going to read it, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. He didn't say those who know God will, will carry out uh, mediocre uh, exploits. He said, you'll be fruitful in every good work. When you know God, when you know God, here's the thing. It will produce the intimacy that's needed to bear fruit is through intimacy and, are you ready? Through pruning. Pruning hurts when you're going through it. And it feels like God has abandoned you. But if I were God, thank God I'm not. If I were God, I would have it completely reversed. I would say, those who are not bearing fruit, I'm going to cut and I'm going to sharpen and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut in an angle so, the, so, the, so they could grow more fruit. And that's when I'm going to prune them. God is completely different than us. He says, those who are bearing fruit, I prune so they could bear more fruit. Those who are... <laughs> Those who are already bearing fruit, you, you would say, come on, God, give me a break. These other guys are not bearing fruit. I am. Why am I the one getting pruned? Because I want more fruit. And it's possible to be fruitful in every good work. But in order to be fruitful in every good work, you have to yield to the pruning process. You don't get fruit just by complaining about what you don't have. You don't get fruit by, by continuing being angry about everything. You don't get fruit about talking bad about your leader, your pastor, your husband, your wife, all that stuff. You're not, you're not going to get that. But guess what happens? Because he loves you so much and you have a little bit of fruit there, what he'll do is he'll cause you maybe to go through a little dry season. He'll cause you a little bit to, to have a little bit of the, this anguish. Not, 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 not an anguish of demonic or, or thing just to let you have it. So that you can know that the process of pruning is going to bear fruit. John chapter 15. Didn't you share that last week? John 15, I think you did. I don't know you did. Or maybe you didn't. John 15, it says this. Look, look at John 15, verse 2. Some of you guys are looking at me like, I don't know. Look at verse 2. Every branch, look at verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That he may bear more fruit. What? Every, wait. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that he may bear more fruit. Now look, look at verse 4. Look at verse 4. Here's how you bear fruit. And here's how it's possible to, to fulfill Colossians being fruitful in every good work. Right? Abide in me. Come on, let that sink. Abide in me. Watch this, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me, Jesus said. I am the vine, you are the branches, he who abides. Do you think, how many times is he saying abide here? He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. You can't do anything, Jesus said, without me. 
Stop trying to do it in your own power. You want to bear fruit? You want to bear fruit that is worthy in every good work? Start abiding in him. That's the starting place. But here's the warning. When you start abiding in him, he's going to start making you look more like him. And making you look more like him requires pruning. That means you're going to get irritable. Come on, I'm going to preach to myself now. You're going to get irritable. You're going to get angry. I was irritable last night. But I realized as I'm preaching, God is speaking to me. He's like, I am just pruning you. And listen, how you respond during the pruning seasons will either elongate the pruning season or, or, or stifle your, your fruitfulness. God is after fruit. That's why two weeks ago I told you when he looked at the fig tree and he cursed the fig tree, it's not because he's a mean God, it's because he has a right to inspect our fruit. Do you know that Jesus has a right to look at you and say, what fruit are you producing in your marriage? What, produ- what fruit are you producing in the kingdom? He has a right to ask you these tough questions, say, what fruit are you producing in holiness? And if you're not because you have fruit, he will start pruning. Pruning does not feel good, but glory, oh glory to God, the product is glorious. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go real quick. Number four, right? Because some of you guys have hamburgers on your mind. Look at number four. <laughs> All right, fine chicken. Right. I'm joking. Look at number four real quick. Number four, the fourth reality of the authority of the believer, increasing in the knowledge of God. In, say that with me. Say increasing. In the knowledge of God. One more time. Say increasing in the knowledge of God. One of the greatest phenomenons in my life that I see in Scripture is that the way that you, we have the ability to increase in the knowledge of God of who he is also talks about every born-again believer, get this, has the mind of Christ. Now, when I read that slowly, I'm like, wait a minute. We don't, we don't have some of the, we have access to the full mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. Look at what it says in Corinthians chapter 2. This is the believer's authority. Look at 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14. I'm going to fly with this because of time. But the natural person, when it means by natural, it means those who are not born again, those who are not saved, those who don't have the Holy Spirit in them. Have you ever tried to explain a spiritual truth to someone who is not saved? Not because they're, they're lesser than you or, or, or you're better than them. It's because it's trying to talk another language. If you, if you try to explain a spiritual truth to somebody that is not spiritual biblically, you will be super frustrated like, it, it, try talking Christianese to some people that don't know Christianese. Like, when you say, man, I got delivered. They're like, delivered from what? Delivered a package? What did, did, did the UPS did not deliver? What, what does delivered mean? What does that mean, right? Oh, oh the anointing breaks the yoke. The yoke? <laughs> My egg yoke? What, what is it talking about? No, the yoke. You know, the yoke, yoke, you know, the yoke that... We, we, listen, so the Bible says, the natural person does not receive the things of the Spirit. For, now watch, this is, I'm saying this because we have access to this. But they are foolishness to him, nor can the natural person understand it. It's frustrating, I know, because they only need to be spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself rightly cannot be judged by no one. In other words, that is not spiritual. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him? But... Come on, say but. But we have the mind of Christ. That's in verse 15. Look at verse 15. It's, 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 it, well, 
It's in your Bible. It's not on the screen. But we have the mind of Christ, okay? We have access to the mind of Christ in every situation. Believers, hear me. In every situation that you're about to go through, ask for the mind of Christ through the word of God. You have the ability to have the mind of Christ in every situation. Ask yourself, is, is, would this be something that Jesus would do? In my business, I need the mind of Christ. In my ministry, I need the mind of Christ. In my family, I need the mind of Christ, right? So it's the ability to increase in the knowledge of God, right? I got three more, and then Zizi and the team is going to come up, right? Now watch this. Number five, strengthen with all heavenly might. The fifth authority of the believer given in Colossians is that the Bible says we, have, we will be strengthened with all power or all heavenly, I put an insert there, might. Now, the Greek word for might there, remember we talked about this two weeks ago, is the word dunamis. Now, that word might there is also power, right? So that word might in the Greek means dunamis, which means power, ability, uh, and uh, strength. So divine power, ability, strength, all right? We have the divine power, divine ability, and divine strength to walk in this according to Colossians, right? But here's the key. I'm going to read that verse again. To be strengthened with all, that's in verse 11. I'm going to read verse 11 real quick uh, so that you can still stay there. Verse 11 says this. Let me find it. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Now, might is dunamis, but power is not even uh, exousia. Remember, exousia is permission, right? But this word power is called kratos, right? And kratos, oh, I love this. We will be strengthened with might according to his power. That word power is kratos. And let me read what kratos uh, means in the Greek. Force, great strength, a work of power. But watch this. This is the first time you hear this word when it comes to power in, in all the definitions. Dominion. Dominion. Everybody say dominion. So that means, he says, you will be strengthened with all dunamis according to all of his dominion. According to the dominion that God has over all the earth and all the powers, he has dominion over all that. According to that influence, he's giving you his dunamis. He has dominion over everything, and he is giving that dominion and that power over you so you could walk over the powers of the enemy. You, you and I have the ability to walk in power and in victory. Some of you need to access that, and some of you need to, you, you would save a lot of money. I believe in counselors. I really do. I, I believe in counselors. But a lot of us would save a lot of money if we start walking in this type of authority, and we start walking in this type of power. Now, I save the best for last. I'm a, the last two and three are going to be really good, but this, out of all of them, this next, this next number six this next authority of the believer is one that is given to every believer. Watch this. But no one gets excited about it. Listen to me. Zoom in. Zoom in. This next supernatural ability. Are you ready for this? <laughs> this supernatural ability given to you and I by God to do is not exciting at all to the Christian believers. Yet it is a supernatural ability to walk in. Look at this next one. Look at number six. Having all patience and long-suffering, wait a minute, with joy. 
<laughs> Let me go on this side because they're about to pass out on this side. Let me see. They're like, they're like, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. The natural person can never have patience and long suffering and be happy about it. The natural person, this is a supernatural ability. I don't care who you are. If you're looking at me and you're saying that if before you got saved, you had that patience running and patience is needed for people that get on your nerves. When situations get on your nerves and you're suffering long with an affliction, you're not going to be joyful if you don't have the Holy Spirit. That means this is a supernatural ability. It's a super, watch this. He, Paul's praying, you, one of the supernatural abilities of the believer is that you're going to have patience and long-suffering with joy. I don't know about you, but patience is needed when that person is driving me up the wall. You know what I'm talking about. Come on, Tiffany, you know what I'm talking about, girl. Mm-hmm. Well, the spirit of stupid, but whatever that is in your life, whatever that is in your life, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, your flesh will rise up, Right? And you're going to give them a piece of your mind in the name of Jesus, right? When that, when that person cuts you off on I-4, you're not going to be speaking in tongues. You're going to speak in some other tongue, right? When that person curses you out at a restaurant for no reason. When your friend that's supposed to be your friend abandons you and leaves you and is supposed to be on your side right when you're going through hell and all your friends leave, you need patience. Listen, patience is not just a supernatural ability. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Let me tell you something. This is supernatural, but nobody likes this supernatural ability. Why? Because you know why it's called long-suffering? Because you suffer long. But watch this. God will give grace to people who need patience, who need patience in their marriage, patience with their, patience with their children, patience with a coworker, patience with someone that's driving you up the wall. If you don't have this, if, if you don't know that as a believer you have the ability to be patient, then you will pop off with everything. You know, listen, watch this. You know what this ability would do? Zoom in. You know what this ability will do, according to Colossians? It will give you the ability to restrain yourself from having negative emotions when all hell is breaking loose on your life. Oh, come on. Only three people say amen. You know you do that in private. Come on. Do you say amen when bad things happen, or do you only say amen when, when, when things are at church? When, when you have no AC, right, in your house, when, when, when you just lost your job, when you got furloughed, Right when your when your vehicles are not working, right when your when your your bank account is not high as it used to be, right when your health is not as good, when someone is accusing you and when someone is talking bad about you. Can I just be honest? It's really transparent here. If we don't have this fruit, when people start talking bad about you, the old you, the gangster you, the worldly ex Jew is going to be like, you know, I'm going to let I'm going to let them know a little bit of piece about a piece of my um, a piece of my mind here, right, right. There's nothing that I need patience more more with than for two people. I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? Can I, and, and I know this is you too. When someone talks bad about me, everything in me wants to give my side of the story. When someone talk, and I know you know they're saying this about you, and I'm like. Oh, but I, oh. You know you do that too. 
because you want to defend yourself. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, yet opened not his mouth. He was led. He knew he was going, right? The second thing that I need patience for is for whiners, complainers. They don't get their way. Oh, if I don't do this, then I'm quitting. Or if I don't do this, and I'm a, if I don't sing this, if I don't preach here, if I don't do this, if you don't let me do this, I'm just going to go home. Why? God, I, I'm going to say something I've never said here. Please, please don't get upset with me. God does not want spiritual divas in his kingdom. I feel like the anointing of John Kimmer is coming on me right now. See, like, <laughs> you know I'm preaching good when John goes like this. When John, when John goes <laughs> you know what a, can I, can, you know what a diva is? Is when they don't get their way, they stop pouting. Right? But it's actually manipulation. Because, because when you don't get what you want, you either pout. Watch this. Some people pout or they get aggressive. What? What? Fine. Fine. I ain't going to church either tomorrow. Then. I, ain't, I, ain't going to, I ain't going to go to your house. Well, then who are you doing it for, buddy? Are you, are you coming to church because you get to do something? Or are you coming to church because the Holy Spirit is going to meet you here? We need patience to deal with people that are weak, with situations that are not in our favor. Listen, when I three no, when I was at OHOP, there was a time that in a week's time I lost two cars. Like one car broke down, and then and then while I'm in a meeting, going to a meeting to meet with somebody, my other car. And I had to call. It's so embarrassing. Hey, how you doing? I'm in the middle road because my other car, my other car, right, broke down. And I remember getting angry, and I remember my poor wife, thank God for my wife. She she puts up a lot, praise God. And I, I remember at Ohio, and I was walking around. I had two cars, and I'm preaching the gospel. I'm, I'm walking behind. This is a true story. I'm walking a, 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 around my block like this. Like, I can't believe this. I can't, I'm preaching the gospel, and everything is happening wrong for me. I have no car. I have no this. I don't have the money to do that. And she comes outside, poor thing. She's like, hey, babe. I go, not now. And I kept, I did. I, did, I go, not now. <laughs> I kept walking. And finally, I, I uh, long story short, God dealt with me. He gave me a scripture, and he convicted me that how I was responding was like a little baby throwing a tantrum when I didn't get my way. And the Lord revealed to me, he's like, you have a spiritual diva. You're a spiritual diva because you're, when you don't get your way, you don't have any patience. I know it's funny, but it's cutting deep to some of you. Let me tell you something. Some people say, oh, I'll never pray for patience. You better pray for patience. It may not feel good, but let me tell you, you know what patience does? And I'll go on with the last two. Patience sharpens your character almost like anything else. Patience is mingled with meekness because meekness is controlled strength. So when you develop meekness in your life, stop trying to develop patience. Develop meekness, patience will come automatically. Some of you are quick to pop off. How is that a character of the Lord? 
how is it that some worldly people are more kinder than some Christian people? How is it that worldly people are more, more patient? Yesterday, I, I brought a, an iPad, of Jaden's iPad or something that broke, and, and uh, the glass, and so I dropped it off at I Fix Your Eye, right? You know, I, that place. I'll be real quick. And then, and then when, I, when they called me, they said, hey, Mr. Sotolongo, uh, the, the iPhone that you got is fixed. And you could tell they're like, but, but we broke the, 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 the home screen. I'm like, you broke the home screen? He said, yeah, we're going to get it for you, and it's $25 off, whatever. So I was just calm. I went with my, my son back there, and, and I said, no worries. You know, 25, he's like, don't worry. We got $25 off. We're going to get it for you. And as, as I'm just calm and patient, listen how this ministers to people. The guy, he's transact, he, he, literally, he's a worldly guy. And he goes, sir, I just want to say thank you for your patience because most people, listen, he, I told my son, he goes, most people go crazy during times like this. I go, it's no big deal, buddy. It happens to everybody, right? Say patience. Say patience. If the worship team could come up here. Oh, man. This is good stuff. Number seven and number eight, and then we're going to close. Out of the book of Colossians, the worship team could come. The seventh reality is that we qualified us to be partakers of the divine inheritance of the saints. Do you even know what that means, church? Do you know that the word inheritance in the dictionary means transferring of property? Transferring. I'm going to actually read one of the definitions of inheritance that blew me away. This is actually not in the Greek. This is actually in the worldly dictionary. Right? Everybody say, I have an inheritance from the Father. Now, by the raising of hands, how many, don't be afraid. How many of you, <laughs> we're not going to ask you for your money, okay? How many of you have ever received an inheritance? Come on. Okay. Look, look at that. Put your hand up. Now, when you received it, it's usually a big amount of, 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 of money. It's a, it's a sum of money, right? But it was given to you most of the time by someone that owned something before. And in their will, they said, everything that I own when I pass away, they're getting. Hello? Hello? The inheritance of the believer is that everything that Jesus gain and the cross is available for every believer everything he gained for himself is available for you and I so why are we walking around defeated when we are when we've been inherited not a million dollars not a billion dollars unfathomable amount of heavenly blessings in the spirit in the spirit realm we're seated in Christ in heavenly places all right now what is the inheritance Inheritance, just for a few, includes salvation. This is your inheritance. Redemption, eternal life, fellowship with God, heavenly rights and privileges that we can walk in forever. All right? And then lastly, and there we're going to close. If, I, if you don't shop for this one, this is number eight according to Colossians. If we shop for anything, look at what he said. This is one of our authorities. And he has delivered us from the power of darkness. He has delivered us from the power of darkness, the Bible says, and listen, into, into the kingdom of his son. Let me tell you something. This is why one of the inheritance of the believer. Church, this is one of the authorities of the believer that once we were blind, now we see. Once we were bound, now we're free. 
I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. Come on. His eyes is on the sparrow. Come on, old timers. And I know he's watching me. Come on, stand up. Come on, stand up, everyone. I want you to lift up your hands right now. Come on. Let's contend for Colossians. Let's contend for these truths in Colossians. Everyone, lift up your hands right now. Come on, we're going to worship, but I'm going to ask you to contend for these eight things. Come on. Do you want to be victorious in every area? Come on. Contend for the fullness of the wisdom of God. Contend for, for listen, long-suffering and patience. This is the authority of the believer with joy. Some of you need patience. Some of you know that you've been delivered from the power of darkness. Some of you have, have, have the, to, to, to ask for strength and might and increase in the knowledge of God. And some of you need to be fruitful in every good work. Whatever it is, I want you to lift up your hands right now and begin to contend for the authority in your life of the believer in your life. Come on, lift up your hands. Come on, we're going to worship right now and we're going to let you go in about a minute. Come on. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.